All right. Well, hey, good, mo- good evening. Uh, almost got me. Almost got me. So good to see you on this Christmas Eve. Uh, if you recognize that video we showed earlier, it's because it's a replay. I showed it last year, but that's one of those things that it's too good to only see once. You know what I'm saying? So that was a replay. Uh, I thought we, we, we can't get enough cuteness this year and during the season. Um, you know, just to give you a heads up, we're gonna celebrate the Lord's Supper together in just a few minutes. Uh, you know, when we decided to do this, you know, I've, I've never done actually spoken at a Christmas Eve service. And so when we talked about this, we're like, we're gonna keep it 45 minutes, which means I give a brief message but brief has never been my forte. Y'all, so we may be asking for a Christmas miracle tonight, but we'll try to keep it brief. Uh, this may not be like any, uh, I don't think this is probably like any Christmas sermon I've ever done, but then again, this has been a year unlike any other year, right? Um, Keith read us the Christmas story of Luke chapter two earlier, and we're gonna go back there to Luke two in just a minute. Um, I only got a few minutes, so we'll be there in just a minute. Um, but I, I wanna ask you, this is our last service of the year, the last service of 2020. So let me ask you, how has your year been? <laughs> that's, that's a terrible question to ask, isn't it? Um, I, I don't know what your year has been, has been like, the things that you have dealt with, the things that you have faced. But I think it would be fair to say that every single one of us has dealt with to some measure or some degree at some point, a little bit of fear and maybe not overwhelmed by fear. And I don't know that many of us live in a constant state of fear, but I do think that most of us deal with moments of being fearful. And this year has been no different, maybe more magnified you know, maybe it's been a fear of the virus or your health or the health of somebody that you love. Uh, maybe it's a fear of your financial situation. Maybe, you know, some people would say, I'm not afraid, I haven't been fearful of any of those things. But I've talked to many who've been very fearful of our political climate and what things look like in our nation. Um, maybe there's just been a fear of, of the new normal, whatever things are gonna look like. And you know what, some of these things I've, I've, I've not dealt with being fearful about or having any moments of fear, but I have certainly wrestled with some of my own particular moments of fear that are probably not like yours and vice versa. But fear is something that we deal with. And you know, we've heard a lot this year about um, this idea of fear versus faith. As in, we, we must choose to have faith over fear. And I don't, I don't disagree with that, but I think that's a statement that has been thrown around a lot, maybe sometimes trite, in a trite way or a dismissive way or an unhelpful way. And so, you know, sometimes it's just, just have faith. What does that mean? Faith can be a term that's so generic and so meaningless. And so what I want to ask tonight, what I want to talk about for the next couple minutes is what do we do with our fear? I haven't talked about fear very much this year. I don't know if it's just because I've tried to stay optimistic or what, but fear is something that we all face. And maybe in this, this, this time of the year, heading out of this year and into a new year. Maybe there's, there's this fear is bubbling up in us. And I want to talk about this because maybe surprisingly, the Christmas story gives us some pretty incredible instruction when it comes to what to do with, with these moments of fear that you and I face. And so I want to look back again at Luke chapter 2. I want to look at verses 8 to 11. And I want to, I want to just kind of focus in on, on a couple of verses here because as I read through this, this, this spoke to me. And, and you know, at the birth of Christ, Jesus is born and an angel of the Lord appears to these shepherds 
out in the field. In verse number eight of Luke two, it says, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And catch out this next phrase. And they were filled with great fear. And when I was reading this story that I've read so many times, right, countless number of times, I just kind of stopped in my tracks when I read that the shepherds, man, they were in this moment, they were terrified. Like they did not know what to do with themselves. They were in this moment of great fear. Now, you don't see anything about the shepherds being fearful men before or after this event, but they came into this moment where they were full of fear. And the angel responds to them. And I love the instruction that the angel gives. The angel said to them, what? Fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. The angel saw the fear in these shepherds and says, don't be afraid. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And, and, and so I, I want to focus on, on this phrase, fear not. So I want to I I tell you what I did when I came across this phrase. I'm gonna, I'm, this is something that y'all could do easily on your own, okay? This isn't take pastor privilege or, or whatever special training. Uh, what I did is I just went into a Bible program, okay? So I, I used the ESV, the English Standard Version. You could go to ESV.org, okay? That's, that's a tool you could use. You could go to any Bible software program, type in the words, fear not, and I don't know if you've ever done this. This is, just, this is what's called a, a word study. So you, you look for those two specific words, that phrase, and I looked up fear not in the scriptures, and it shows up that particular phrase, those two words together, 33 times, which I thought was really interesting because, I, I don't know, 33 was the age of Jesus when he was crucified, and so I don't, it made me nothing. I just think it's cool, okay? I like numbers when they you know, stand out to me. So 33 times in the scriptures, it says fear not. There was something really cool that happens every time you see that phrase pop up in the scriptures. Every time the Lord says, fear not, that phrase is accompanied with good news. There's always something incredible that you hear following or surrounding that, that, that phrase, fear not. Every single mention is accompanied with good news. And so I want to do a, just a really quick Bible study with you, and I'm going to read through a few passages because here's the reality. We all deal with moments of fear. Even the shepherds in the most glorious moment the earth has ever known, they faced great fear. And the angel said, fear not, because I'm bringing good news to you. And every time throughout the scriptures, we hear this phrase, fear not. Here, if you hear the fear not, find the good news. And so I want to read through a few passages with you through the scripture, starting in Genesis 15, the very first mention. Genesis 15, verse one, it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision and said this, fear not, Abram. Here's the good news. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. Fear not. Why? The good news is this. I am your your shield, Genesis 26, verse 24. The Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not. Okay, what's the good news? Why, why should I not be afraid? For I am with you and will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. Don't be afraid. Why not? Because I'm with you and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to multiply you. Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14. Moses said to the people, fear not. 
stand firm. Here's the good news. It says, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. He says, don't be afraid. Why? Because I'm with you and I'm fighting for you and I'm going to deliver you today. Isaiah 41 verse 10, fear not. What's the good news? For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Don't be afraid because I'm with you and and, and I'm going to deliver you. I will strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. So you don't have to be afraid. Isaiah, again, in verse chapter 43, verses one and two. Now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Why not? Why don't I have to be afraid? For I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. Don't be afraid. Here's the good news. Uh, I am with you. I have redeemed you. I've called you by my name. Isaiah 44, verse 8. Fear not, nor be afraid. Have I not told you from of old and declared and declared it? You are my witnesses. You've seen it in action. Don't be afraid. Why? Is there a God besides me? Here's the good news. There is no rock. I know not any. I am your rock. This is the good news. You don't have to be afraid. Joel chapter 2, Joel chapter 2, 21 and 22, it says, fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice for the Lord has done great things. Fear not, you beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness are green. The tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and vine give their full yield. Drop down to verse 25. He says, here's the good news. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. Verse 26, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, that I am the Lord your God, there is none else and my people shall never again be put to shame. And Joel, he says, don't be afraid because I'm gonna restore to you the years that the locusts have stolen. You're gonna praise my name. Zephaniah chapter three, verses 16 and 17. On that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, fear not, O Zion, let not your hands grow weak. Why not? Why should I not be afraid? Why should I not be fearful? Verse 17, the good news, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. You don't have to be afraid. The Lord is in your midst. He's a mighty one who will save. He's going to quiet you with his love. He's going to exult over you with singing. You don't have to be fearful in this moment. Matthew 10, Jesus comes along and he says in verse 28, 
Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Jesus says, fear not, therefore. Don't fear those who can persecute you and those who could even kill you physically. He says, fear not, therefore. You are of more valuable, more value than many sparrows. He says, don't fear because you're so valuable to me. I love you. I know the numbers of hairs on your head. I'm aware of you and everything that you're going through. Fear not. And then lastly, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus again, he says, don't be anxious about your life. But verse 31, instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He says, don't be afraid, don't stress, don't be anxious about all of these things because it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I've already given you the kingdom and I'll give you everything that you need. So don't be afraid, fear not. And so every time we see in the scriptures, every fear not comes with good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. Every time God says, don't be afraid, he doesn't just say, hey, don't be afraid. Just have faith, just believe. No, he says, don't be afraid because here's good news. I'm with you, I'm for you, I've redeemed you, I've called you by, my, by name. Every fear not comes with good news of great joy, especially in the Christmas story. So let's look back one more time. Luke chapter two, verses 10 and 11. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So what is this good news of great joy for all the people? Verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. The good news is this, a savior is born. The thing that you and I need more than anything else is a savior to save us from our sins, to deliver us from our sins. The good news is a savior is born. What is, what is the great joy that that good news brings to us. The great joy that we should have at the good news is this, that you can be saved from your sins. You can be saved from your sins, that you are loved. You don't have to perform perfectly to, to be accepted by God. You don't have to live under the crushing weight of guilt and shame. You don't have to die in your sin and be separated from God for all of eternity. No, Jesus came and died for you so that you could be forgiven of your sin. And when you believe the good news, it's for you. It brings great joy, great joy, good news of great joy for all the people. It's for all the people. In other words, it's available to everyone. It's available to every single person. And now listen to me, everyone can get in on this, but I want to make sure you don't miss out on this truth. He came for you. He came for you because I want you to see verse number 11 again. It says, for unto 
you is born a savior. Don't miss that. Unto you, Jesus died for the sin of the world. God so loved the world that he gave his son. But it says that Jesus was born not just for the whole world. It says, for unto you, a savior is born. Jesus was born for you. He came for you. Not just all these unnamed multitudes of people of every tribe and tongue and nation. He came for you. And he came for me. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And he came to save you from your sins. This is good news of great joy for all the people. And so, y'all, what do we do with our fear? When we face moments of fear, when you face moments of fear over the next week and over the next month and over the next few months, when you deal with fear, what do you do with your fear? Well, you don't just try to replace your fear with faith. Like, we're just going to, like, shuffle out the fear and, and like, uh, I'm just going to have faith. No, no. Here's how you deal with fear. You respond to fear by receiving good news. You respond to fear by receiving good news. And then you, then you, it produces in you great joy, which replaces fear. You can't be joyful and be fearful at the same time. Respond to fear by receiving good news. And his perfect love, 1 John 4 says that his perfect love in us, it drives out or it casts out all fear. And when we believe and we receive good news over and over again, listen, I can't remake the Christmas message. I can't retell or bring out this cool new like twist on the Christmas story. The good news of great joy for all the people is that Jesus, a savior, is born. And when we receive that good news over and over and over and over, it replaces fear. It it allows his perfect love to do its work in us and to drive out all fear. Fear not, the angel said, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And so I want to ask you tonight, this this is all we're talking about tonight. Would you receive good news today? Would you receive that good news today? Maybe you've heard it a hundred times, a thousand times. Christ is born. Maybe you sing the words over and over, but never actually receive good news for yourself. Can I ask you tonight? We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Would you receive that good news as if for the very first time, would you open your heart to him and his great love? Because listen, y'all, that's the only thing that drives out and casts out fear is his perfect love that came to us and for us at Christmas. And so let me pray as we prepare to celebrate the Lord's Supper together tonight. Father God, thank you tonight for 
your goodness and your grace, this good news of great joy that is for all the people, every single one of us, our family members, our neighbors, our coworkers, the people that we don't think deserve it. God, for every single one of us who we know don't deserve it. You came for us. And God, this is a season of great joy because you have brought us good news of a savior that is born, a savior that takes away the sin of the world. And yet this is a savior who was born unto us for every single one of us. And so tonight, Lord, as we, as we celebrate your birth, as we, through the Lord's Supper, as we partake of these elements, the cup and the bread, Lord, we don't just celebrate your birth, we celebrate your death. The reason that you were born was to die for us and for our sins, to offer us forgiveness, to offer us a home in heaven, to offer us a relationship with your Father, to remove all fear, to remove all guilt, to remove all shame. Lord, you came for us. And so we want to remember that tonight. We want to remember your birth and we want to celebrate your coming and we look forward to your return. And so as we celebrate tonight, we'll remember that you allowed your body to be broken for us and you shed your blood for our sakes so that we could know you, we could be forgiven of our sins. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the good news. And as we remember that good news tonight, Lord, would you do something in us? Would you stir up great joy in our souls tonight? There's no better news that we have ever received. There is no better news that we could ever receive than this truth that the Savior has been born. And so, Lord, thank you for all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. From you, front, front for you from Matthew chapter 26, just a couple verses. Jesus in his last meal as he instituted the Lord's Supper. It says in Matthew 26, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so as we celebrate the Lord's Supper tonight, the elements, the, the bread and the cup represent the body and the blood of Christ and this, this 
celebration that we enter into right now is, is for those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, who have confessed their sin to God, have put their faith in Jesus and Him alone. They've received the good news that we've talked about tonight, that Jesus has been born and that Jesus died and rose again for us. And so I wanna ask you to stand with me here tonight. If you have made that decision, you have placed your faith in Christ, you've received the forgiveness of sins, then you can participate here tonight. You can come forward in just a couple moments. You can grab the elements, take it back to your seat. And I wanna ask you to just take a moment to bow your heads, to pray to the Lord, to rejoice with great joy over the good news that we celebrate in this season. And as you're ready, you can take of those elements on your own or with your family. And then as you're ready, we're gonna start singing a song called The Blessing, and you can join in as you are ready. But really this time is, is for you and the Lord. And, and, and as you're ready, come on forward. You can grab the elements, head back to your seat, take a moment, pray. But if you're here, you don't know if you've ever put your faith in Jesus, you've never come into a relationship with God or you have questions about that, you don't have to participate tonight. You can just sing along with us, join with us. If you have questions, we'd love to talk with you afterwards. But let me pray one more time and then we'll enter into this time of celebration. God, again, thank you for your body and your blood being broken and spilled out for us. And Lord, as we partake of these elements, we remember you and your great sacrifice for us. And so meet with us in this moment, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you come forward as you're ready.